0: Hello and welcome to Bytes episode 97. I'm Mike Thomas and I'm here with my co-host Elaine Giles. And in this episode, iPhones, elephants and a musical interlude. So
1: is it safe to come out yet?
0: come out of where? The
1: bunker I've been living in to take cover from the impact of the great tech fail of 2014.
0: Anyone's guess, but more on that later when you undoubtedly vent your spleen about it.
1: You know me, don't you? Far too well. I do.
0: But uh, first, we heard from Craig, who was writing in response to, it was James, wasn't it? Petrolhead 360. That's right. He was writing in response to, uh, to, to James's comments about his uh, MacBook Pro. And Craig says, I have exactly the same problem with my MacBook Pro. Found your story whilst Googling for an answer. I'm going to try Apple Care now, despite it being three years, more than three years since I bought the Mac. Keep your fingers crossed for me. We
1: will. We absolutely will.
0: Also, big news whilst we were away was that the um, Now TV is coming to Apple TV.
1: Well, it might be good news, but if you're not a geek, it's very confusing. I know that for a fact, because when I tried explaining to mum, who does have a Nout V-Box, that she was going to have access to the same content on the Apple TV, I could see her mind exploding behind her eyeballs. So I left it well alone. In other news, the Nout V-Box is now renamed the Fox Box, because she's realised that she pretty much only watches the Fox channel on it. And Fox Box is so much
0: easier to say, isn't it? It is. It's actually... Quite trendy. And uh, talking of the Nout V box, we heard from Billy Walker, who was tempting you to spend money. Billy did indeed come up trumps in answering my plea. Um, it was for information
1: about HDMI switches. I was predicting lots more boxes, and uh, Billy said he's got a HDMI five-port remote switchable from Amazon. He th- thinks it was about ten pounds, and he said there's also three and four-port versions, but that he's got an Apple TV, a DVD player, a Bush Freeview box, and. An extra thingy for Sky. Don't have one of those. Um, <laughs> a thingy. And then he says, bye. So great to hear from you, Billy. And um, I did find it. I found about three using Billy's search terms. And they range from about £8 to 13 And this for me is now getting to be a much more pressing matter. I've ordered a fire TV box for mum. She doesn't know it yet, which is just as well because it could be getting a little crowded in the TV boxes department. But I'm sure that the lure of anything with Mark Harmon in will prove overwhelming. And just as we are sitting down to record, hot off the presses, another new box, a Nexus TV box.
0: It looks actually like an Apple TV, doesn't it, but round? Very much so. I, th- I said that to you. It just looks like a, an Apple TV, but different shape. I think there's an aerial
1: on the back, but I literally didn't have a chance to even do much th- th- more than skim the image. But thanks. Huge, huge, huge thanks to Billy for the tip. Much appreciated. I am going to put one of those on order and I'm going to have to introduce each extra box gently into the equation because
0: mum's getting <laughs> overwhelmed with it all. But
1: anything that's got NCIS on
0: gets a, a thumbs up. And we also heard from Minster as well, didn't we?
1: Yes, after a somewhat worrying absence, I might add. But fear not, McBiters, Minster is back in the saddle. Uh, he's been spending some time away from Minster HQ, but he's now safely back in the bosom of home and much concerned about his iCloud photos. Um, in the midst of his uh, long email, he said, after listening to episode 96, that some iCloud accounts have been hacked and that naked photos have been stolen and put on the internet, we all live in fear this could happen to us. Do we? I guess we do if we've got those kind of pictures up there. I'm so glad I set up two-factor authentication a while ago on my Gmail and iCloud accounts. Just glad I've got nothing to worry about as far as dodgy photos go in my iCloud backups. I would hate for any hairy photos to get out into the wild. Wouldn't we all, Minster? But we've seen them, haven't we?
0: I think we have. I I actually thought when I saw that email, he did send us something, didn't he?
1: Yes, but if, that, if that's what we've seen, what's up there we've not seen that he's
0: more worried about? I wouldn't like to say, but... No, uh, that
1: is worrying. Should we
0: ask him to send us some?
1: <laughs> no, 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 we won't go there. Anyway, as I was saying, is it safe to venture back online yet? Have we all recovered from the disaster that September was?
0: Well, it all started with Apple, really, didn't it?
1: It was the Apple event disaster. And it was a disaster. The MacBytes Live, however, was awesome. Don't quite know how we managed to pull that off, given the material we had to work with. But we had a fabulous time. But for Apple, total embarrassment in terms of tech failure. Um, no picture was bad, wasn't it? But I thought no sound was worse. And then the Mandarin translation put the cherry on the top. But it actually got worse. Once we did get a little bit of um, sound, a few pictures, it got worse. U2 appeared. I couldn't actually make out who that was when they appeared, could you?
0: No, but I thought you were a big U2 fan.
1: Uh, You're going back to my youth now, aren't (laughs) you? Yes, I did go to a U2 concert. I, I have got U2 albums. But that was a farce of an event. And I don't think it was helped by the U2 cacophony at the end either. My stream played that song twice. It turned out to be the same song. But I was so numbed by the rest of the farce, it didn't really register that it was actually the same song so a step too far or ungrateful trolls which which camp did you fall into
0: well you know is this any different to the 12 days of christmas yes most of those on the 12 days of christmas were unknown although cheryl cole was one of them so i don't know i don't i don't think it was a step too far to some degree
1: well i think eventually they might have done because they did bring out that removal tool, didn't they? But I couldn't believe and, and they, obviously there was a lot said at the time. There's a lot being said since then. And nobody's kind of pointed out what to me I thought was really obvious that Bono is a really savvy businessman. Contrary to this public image he has of like an altruistic saint, he is a really savvy businessman. And that was a fantastic deal for you two. Um I did have to see this bit later. I couldn't make head and tail of it live. But during that agonising exchange with Tim Cook, Bono did make it clear that they, they, you two, were getting paid for this free in massive air quotes giveaway with Apple picking up the tab. And I just sat there and thought, why? You know, not only paying the royalties, but also paying for this complete ad campaign. Why? You know, if Apple wanted to do something altruistic, put the price of your products down. Make a donation to charity or do something really altruistic. You know what we're all like, you know, um, those weepies they run during the events.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: they could put what well, they could do. One of those, you know, they could actually do something about somebody in adverse circumstances. Um, a deserving cause rather than the bank of Bono. What's there to be proud of in giving a band richer than many countries even more money for something that a fair proportion of the recipients didn't like or want? It reminded me of something that I ranted to you about. The MacBiters haven't had the benefit of this particular rant yet. But to me, it was like forced charity. Um, I'm thinking, of, you know what I'm thinking of, don't you?
0: I know exactly what you're thinking of.
1: I used this fantastic extension for Chrome. It was called YouTube Options. It probably still is called YouTube Options. Um, It provided a whole range
0: of... It's probably still fantastic.
1: Well, it probably is, but that's not the point, is it? When you you know the full story, it provided a whole range of (laughs) configuration options for YouTube. Now, the most useful for me was it stopped videos autoplaying. So, you know, when you're on Twitter uh, on your desktop and you see a link and sometimes, you know, it's YouTube and sometimes you don't. So you just click the link and you're doing something else. I mean, in your case, in my case, you, you could actually be on a live call. You don't want anything playing automatically. And that's what would happen with YouTube. So this plugin thing stopped videos automatically playing if you wanted it to. It had a whole setup of options, massive range of options. You know, it suppressed ads. You could actually take away part of the YouTube page. If you didn't want suggested videos and stuff, you could take it all away. And it was a free extension. And I thought at the time, this is so awesome. I would pay for this. But there was no option to pay for it at that stage. And then all of a sudden, I went into Chrome one day, got this message and said that this is now going paid. And I thought, no problem with that. No problem at all. How much do you want? And then I read what they'd actually put, which was, you know, it's going paid. But the price they were charging you, so let's say 100% of that price, 50% of it was going to be given to charity, a charity of the developers choosing. And I thought I'd misread it. I went back and I read it another three times and I thought, you're joking. When did we move into Stalinist Russia? I am prepared to pay for software and apps and services. I've said this so many times, but I'm buying a product. I'm, I'm buying the product of your work. I'm not buying into your morality necessarily. I've got my own causes. I wouldn't presume to force them onto anybody else. Obviously, the choice is either go along with it or don't use the plug-in. There really was no other option. So I went with not using the plugin. I just can't be going down that route. I mean, seriously, where would it end? If every single thing you paid for, you had to pay 50% more and that 50% went to charity, we'd all be bankrupt. So where would it
0: end? Compulsory U2 listening, probably.
1: Exactly. So not happening. Um, well, at least Amazon have made some capital out of Apple's mistakes. You see the tweet the other day? I didn't. There was a tweet telling their Prime Music customers they'll have to add it to their accounts themselves with a ra- the rather large smiley attached to it. They won't do it for you.
0: <laughs> I like that. Mind you, Bono has apologised, hasn't he?
1: I read that and then you found the video and I said, you know, put the sound on that. Let me have a look. It wasn't much of an apology, was
0: it? <laughs> It wasn't. No, he was. Uh, he looked drunk to me, either that or he was taking the uh, proverbial.
1: As you said, you know, I, I do have the ignominy of having been to a few U2 concerts. In my youth, I had in my youth, not obviously, I'm not that old. I was a mere child. Um, But I know Bono, and, and I know the way he talks. And that wasn't much of an apology at all. It was very, very, very tongue in cheek. I don't think he was in the slightest bit sorry at all. Uh, he did make an interesting point though that he said, um, "There's a lot of noise out there, and we added to that. They were trying to cut through the noise so everybody got to hear their album." And I just thought, "What happened to you?" You know, I do remember you two um, with stuff. Ugh, hate to say this, the late seventies. Not live, not live. Wasn't around in the late seventies in terms of listening to you two. But I've got old stuff from then, and you know, you see interviews back then, and he was so moralistic and taking the moral high ground over what he would not wouldn't do. And one of the things that brought this to mind, or was brought to my mind through this, was that for years and years, they said they would never bring out a greatest hits album, because it's just a way to get money out of the fans, and they would never do that. Do you remember U218?
0: I don't, but I'm I'm sure you do.
1: It was a Greatest Hits album. And not satisfied with that. Not only was there a Greatest Hits album, there was about four different versions of it as well. There was the one with the B-side and then there was the limited edition and then there was this, that and the other. So um, morals left somewhere in the mid 80s, I think.
0: But n- never mind, let's move on. Yes, 1Password 5 for iOS arrived with a new freemium model, didn't it?
1: That was another disaster though, because it went free ahead of
0: time. Yeah, I think Apple jumped the gun on that one.
1: It went viral fast and then um, Agile Bits said, uh, no, it shouldn't actually be free just at the moment. So um, another Apple calamity there. That's actually pretty naughty, isn't it?
0: It is. And you know what? I think I've lost count now. I think I've gone on to my second uh, hand, counting uh, all the disasters that we're talking about and more to come.
1: We've barely scraped the surface yet. You should see what I've dug up. Really, seriously.
0: I'll get my toes out. Please don't. We've seen those already. We have, yes. Um, anyway, iOS update. I avoided the iOS update, actually. Um, my, my iPhone is an iPhone 4, so it wouldn't take it. I haven't got around to doing the iPad 2, because I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> don't know how it'll take it. <laughs> but I did suffer vicariously as you joined in the fun.
1: Yes, I was all, all prepped and ready to go. And it only took just over four hours. I decided to risk an iPad, but it wasn't iPad Cyril. It was my iPad 2.
0: You crazy, crazy fool. I'm still avoiding it, as I say.
1: Yeah, resistance is futile. Having said that, the battery life is actually better. Uh, the graphics are, are slower. They're, I don't know if they're actually slower o- overall or if it's a perception. They're, they're not as smooth um, but apart from that, overall, it's not bad. It's better than I feared putting it on an iPad too, uh, One of those tiny little things that they did that I noticed, you know what I'm like, I noticed that. Um, the iPod and iPad indications gone from the menu. Subtle touch. I wonder why they've done that. I don't know. Maybe they're going to put something else there. But you know the biggest, biggest, biggest thing, don't you? No. It finally remembers the recent printers. Do you remember iOS 7? Never did that at all. I thought they'd fix it in a point release and they didn't bother. But now it does because I don't actually print from there. I don't remember. In fact, I don't think I've ever printed anything to paper from the iPad. But what I do use. um, I haven't. What's that thing called? that I use all the time. Printopia. Printopia. I do have Printopia running on my desktop and I print photos, which is just a fast way of getting them from my iOS device to my desktop. And there I might crop them and then tweet them or something. Um, So I always have it set to Printopia on my main Mac. And on iOS 7, it never, ever remembered it. And now it does. Happy to report that, that it does. But of course, with the sunshine comes the rain. Yes, they fixed that and they broke something else. This one's a classic. You know when you go into the iTunes store, well, not iTunes store, the app store, and you're looking for an app. So you go to the search box and you type something in. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll be something innocuous. Be careful what you type because it retains that search term. I cannot get rid of it. That box is now never blank. It was your fault. You'll be glad to know. Mine? Mine? Do you remember when we were looking at something and we looked at um, Whiteboard HD? Yes. Well, I typed in Whiteboard HD because it was something about mirroring your iPad to my iPad or something. So we both had to have it installed and I didn't have it installed, but I knew I'd bought it. So I went and I searched for it. And now every time I go in the app store on that device in the search box, it comes up with Whiteboard HD. I've deleted it and I've searched for other stuff. And I thought, well, if it's going to remember something, it will remember the new something. No, it remembers Whiteboard HD. It will not be told not to put Whiteboard HD in that box. So if you search for something, do be very, very careful because you have no idea when it might pop up at an inopportune moment, as it were. So that was another thing that I noticed that I didn't like.
0: That's a bit silly because once you've searched for something and you bought it, you don't really want to search for it again.
1: No, I know that and (laughs) you know that. But what Apple are thinking, heaven alone knows. But there were some other improvements as well. Uh, Most notably, everyone seems to be getting excited about the improvements to Siri.
0: I was perfect to start with.
1: Of course you are. I particularly liked um, the individual Do Not Disturb. Have you tried that one yet?
0: I haven't because I haven't got iOS 8. Oh, no. (laughs) Tell me all about it. Ah, You might need a new
1: phone because what I was thinking was... Every single time you are on holiday, another set of massive air quotes. Somebody from work, some muppet, rings you. So if you can put them on individual do not disturb, that's cool. That is cool. I know you could block them, couldn't you? I could, but I'm, I'm not. And I haven't tried this, obviously. So we'll have to get you upgraded sometime.
0: to iOS eight or add the feature to iOS seven. That'll solve it.
1: That's so not happening. <laughs>
0: I like that feature.
1: But obviously, with all of the good things comes more trouble. And uh, I particularly had trouble in paradise. Um, an inability to connect to Wi-Fi, which is bad enough. But it got worse than that. Uh, you couldn't even scan for Wi-Fi. So I went and I had a look and this issue goes back years. Um, there was some there for iPhone 4S, but I think there was even one going back as far as the iPhone 4, which was probably iOS 4 or 5. Something like that? I think it was, yeah. And what happens was, I personally never seen it before, and I'm assuming that you've never seen it before either. If you'd have seen it, I'd have heard about it. But what happens is, um, it sits there with no Wi-Fi. It didn't go onto 3G. It just sat there trying to do something with the Wi-Fi, but not actively searching for Wi-Fi. It just sat there with this message as if it was trying to, but not actually searching. It was that pre-searching state. So I thought, what's wrong with this? So I came out of it and I went back in and I thought, well, I'll manually add the network. Sometimes, you know, it just needs a bit of a kickstart and it wouldn't. It just wouldn't. It wouldn't even let me that far. You could not get beyond this. um, I can't scan for Wi-Fi message. So nearly having kittens here, I decided on a reboot and luckily it went away. But for other people, it didn't go away after a reboot. So there's long, long, long threads all about that. And uh, I was surprised, you know, if it's been there that long. One, I hadn't seen it before. And two, why am I seeing it now? You know, why didn't you fix that? So that was one thing that I, I did see. Um, but then, of course, there's the obligatory articles about playing battery bingo or a battery watch. Should it be battery gate?
0: Uh, that's a good one. Yeah.
1: Yes. We, we can't miss out on another gate, can we? There's no. always got to be a gate. Um. Yeah, so I'll I'll put a link into that article. It was telling you how you could boost your battery life because obviously these days there's so much going on in the settings and the configurations that it's probably doing a lot of stuff that you're not even aware of and and some of it you're not going to need. So if you turn it off, you get much improved battery life. But like I've said, I find the battery life on iOS 8 quite stunning, to be honest, even on old kit like iPad 2. And I know you said the same. So um, well done for that one, Apple to take your well dones around here while you can, given what September was like.
0: My battery on my iPhone, well, my iPad 2's actually doing, done very well, but then I don't think I've used it much for the past three weeks.
1: Yeah, well, it will do if you don't use it. No, I'm actually using mine and it's not doing too bad at all. One thing I did notice that I thought was insane was this health card thing. Now, obviously, you won't have looked at that, will you? No,
0: me and health don't go together.
1: It's all to do with that health kit thing, which, you know, I couldn't be less interested in personally. But um, I actually looked at it because somebody had mentioned a feature of it. And I thought, no, that's not right. There must be an option. Right, what this person was talking about was that there is a health card and on it you can put things you're allergic to and, and you know, specific medical instructions. The idea being that health professionals have access to this if you're out stone cold. And I thought, how can they? Your phone would be locked. And then I thought, well, I suppose if it's got touch ID, they could put your hand to it. But I'm thinking, no, 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 it must be locked. Because what's more personal than your health information? Possibly your finance information. But to me, health information is even more important than that. So I tested this thing and um, they're right, you know. You know when your phone's locked and you go into it and you can swipe and then it says enter your your pin yeah at that point there was um an option where you could go into like emergency mode and in this emergency mode you could get to this health card I was horrified really horrified i I can't imagine anything more private than my health information i get what they're saying you know, that if they've got access to information that's critical. I mean, me personally, I'm allergic to penicillin and I'm talking deathly allergic to penicillin. If penic- I can't even touch penicillin that belongs to somebody else. So if I'm trying to give pills, I mean, Maya used to have penicillin and I would have to wear rubber gloves to even touch it. If I touch it, I'm going to have an attack with it. So I am actually really, really, that is really important. If I go any, anywhere, that's the first words out of my mouth. Any Anything medical, penicillin can't have it at all. Don't even bring it and sit it next to me. Can't be doing with it. So I understand, I appreciate how critical it is. It wasn't that kind of information I had a problem with. It was all the rest of the information that was there. There was virtually everything about you. Why? You wouldn't walk around with that, you know, tattooed on your back, would you let people see it? So why would you let people see it on your phone? Why is that not an option to have that locked or even be really specific in terms of the actual information that's there? So I took the option with that of leaving it alone. And I thought personally, for me, a much better way to give them the information. Do not give me penicillin would be to create a wallpaper and make it my lock screen and leave it on there and then leave the other thing blank completely because I have no intention of using HealthKit whatsoever. Now I've actually said it, they're going to bring some out some killer feature, some killer app, and I'm going to want to use it. But at the moment, I'm not touching it. So I think I would do it that way. And that way, I control the information. I don't like the fact that there was no control of that information. So nice addition if you're into that kind of thing. I'm not.
0: Talking of that, it's, it's actually along similar lines. One of my colleagues said the similar thing that, you know, that ICE system where you're supposed to put ICE into one of your contacts on your phones as an, an emergency number. Yep. Well, he was saying that if your phone is locked, then how can they actually get to your contacts? So you should just create a wallpaper and put your emergency contacts on the wallpaper.
1: Yep, exactly. That's the kind of stuff I would put on that wallpaper. I wouldn't particularly want people to have access to my phone. And I don't actually know in this country. That would be really fascinating. If you are incapacitated in some way, shape or form and you have an iPhone with you and it's locked with a finger lock, you know, fingerprint ID, are they legally entitled to put your finger on it and open it?
0: Good question.
1: They they don't have your permission for that. It could save your life or it could get a loved one to you. But on the other hand, it is your private device. It's going to go to court at some point, that, isn't it? Definitely. Well, watch this space for news of the imminent litigation on that point. But um, that was certainly something that uh, confused me. Um, I did think the family sharing was cool, though, but I've not activated it. Did you even look into that?
0: Not looked into it, no, but then I haven't got iOS 8.
1: We keep coming back to that, don't we? (laughs) Hmm. Maybe I'll stick um,
0: stick it on the iPad for the next show.
1: I think you should. You should should be a crash test dummy for me. Yes, it was the family sharing and um, what's included and what's not included. And one of the biggies is that the in-app purchases aren't included. So I had a good old look at it thinking, would this be useful or not? And what it is, you have a family organiser who organises the family accounts. The first thing that struck me was, um, you can add five family members. I couldn't see a way uh to, to not have a credit card on it. That there is a central credit card. I'm assuming the idea is that you add children and then you know you control their access to it via what they buy. But I'm thinking, well, can you use the credit that's on your account or does it need a credit card? And I couldn't work that out. So if anybody out there has actually done that process, does it actually need a credit card? It seemed to, but you never know. Maybe it wouldn't. And um, then there was all this business of child accounts and adult accounts and being 13 or over. And I got involved in it and I thought, you know, your average person, you know, again, not a geek is going to get so confused with all of this. And I had questions I couldn't find answers to either. Like um, if one person bought something, whose account does it, it does it actually belong to? Does it belong to the organiser or does it belong to that sort of sub-account? Because these accounts are genuine accounts in their, their own right. So all of the sub-accounts are fully-fledged Apple accounts. It's just that they're linked in some kind of way. So um, more research needed on that. But I had ideas that we could share stuff but then when the in-app purchases weren't included, I thought that's not perfect, is it? Not by a long way. No. Especially when you think of apps like the Omni apps, where they're giving you an upgrade via an in-app purchase and you can't share that aspect of it. So um, hopefully they'll improve that in the future.
0: So they give with one hand and take with the other.
1: Yes. I just found it quite a convoluted process, really. Um, And I was thinking possibly this is an unusual use for it. You know, we've been talking for years, and I do mean years, about iCloud accounts and mobile me accounts before that that couldn't be merged.
0: That would be utopia for you, wouldn't it?
1: Well, I was thinking, I wonder if this is sort of bordering on merging. Uh, if you've got apps that you've bought on two separate accounts, you could use this mechanism to link them together. But again, that, that brought into play more questions than I had answers for, which was, if account number two has already got some purchases on it, does linking the account in this way give access to account number one to all of the purchases from account number two? And I'm thinking possibly not, but again, I just couldn't find enough information about it. So maybe one day they'll do the decent thing and just make the whole thing work. That would be nice.
0: Did you do the iCloud Drive move? Hmm.
1: I filed that under what were Apple thinking. I found that completely disjointed. It did offer to upgrade me, but I'd already been warned from several independent developers not to do that. So when it came up, I must admit, I read that far more carefully than I would have done if I hadn't have read the um, independent developers advice. And then as I was reading it, I noticed that iCloud Drive was already available for Windows users but there was a six to eight week wait for the Mac users. So back to what were Apple thinking? And then, as if it couldn't get any worse, I elected not to do that. I left everything be. Um, then this story broke about complete data loss. You know that message you get when it says, I think it's uh, when, when you reset it, isn't it? You reset your settings, but a message comes up and it says, and they actually do tell you to do that. Often they say, you know, reset your settings and it'll sort out an unrelated problem somewhere else. And it does. I did that once. I had a problem with O2 and they came in and said, what you need to do, just reset these settings. And I was like, are you sure? I, you know, I'm not going to lose anything. And they said, no, it'll be fine. And I went in and I reset the settings they told me to. And it was, it was absolutely fine. And it solved the problem. Well, when you're doing this, uh, all your iCloud documents are vanishing unceremoniously. And I thought you're joking. I thought that was compounded by Apple's insistence that iCloud remains this covert location on your local drive. You know, like Dropbox, you know where your Dropbox folder is and you can go into your Dropbox folder. And if something catastrophic has happened with your Dropbox folder, so you've deleted something and that has like worked its way around your system, you can probably still get that back from somewhere. But one of the tricks that I know I've used for people, clients really, who who they, they've done that and then it's like, oh, good grief, I've lost the thing and no, I didn't have a backup. If there's another machine like a laptop that they've not had turned on since the crisis, if you turn it on with no network uh, configuration on it, it won't synchronise and you can extract the stuff from that machine. But because Apple insists that iCloud is, is this sort of hidden thing that you you don't need to see it, don't look at it, don't play with it, um, you're pretty lost, don't you? You are. You'd really have to know where to go look. I suppose the best option for most people is going to be a time machine, but I personally don't do that. I think I've explained, all well, I've definitely said before I don't do it. But the reason that I don't do, use time machine is because I would need more control over when it's doing its backup. I don't want it to do that in the middle of a webinar. I don't want it to do that when I'm in the middle of some sort of editing video, which is really processor intensive. So to be honest, because I'd want so much control, I tend to think I'll just back it up myself at sort a couple of hour intervals or something like that. But I think for for most people, do use a time machine. It's probably your best bet.
0: There is another option, Google Docs.
1: Well, true, yes. I'm still dealing with conflicting documents on iCloud. Um, so there's nothing up there for me but demo data, thankfully. But uh, they are seriously going to have to up their game if I'm actually going to use it. So can I be the first to christen that data game? You can,
0: yes. Oh, good. Bundles. Bundles were a good idea.
1: Bundles would have been a fabulous idea. If they had been available and priced correctly, so uh seen as though they weren't available and they weren't priced correctly, pretty useless um it was the omni bundles that I wanted uh they had omni plan omni outliner, oh, what was the other two OmniGraphle and must be omnifocus, so it was a bundle of four, and I had two of these apps, but they brought two new ones out, and I wanted them and I was looking at this, and there was, there was just no bundle option at all um And then, like you said, Ken Case was on the case. That was a good one of yours, Uh, who is the uh, head honcho at Omni. And he was trying to find out why not, because as far as he was concerned, they'd done everything correctly at their end. So I made the decision the day iOS 8 was released to buy one of the two apps that I didn't have. But I I left the other one, which was... I'm trying to remember which one it was. Must have been Omni Graffle. Because I definitely bought OmniFocus. I left this one app on the basis that when this bundle was available, I could save. I think it was about thirty-two pounds um, by waiting. Otherwise, I'd have paid I had to pay full price for it. But while I was researching, uh, Ken Case posted a link to a Riaddle bundle. Um, now, which ones are they? Scan Something Pro. You know, the one that sends a fax, you can get fax credits and it scans and creates a document.
0: Yeah. Can't remember. Can't remember its name.
1: Scan something pro. It's really good. It's a really good app. So I had that one and they had put two bundles out and they were a variation of each other. To be honest, they weren't two completely separate bundles. It was four apps and the bundle was either all four apps or three of the apps. And I was one app short of both bundles. So it was the same app and I looked at the first bundle and I looked at the second bundle and it was giving me a price and it said complete your bundle well actually the first day it didn't say that there was just a price and to me the, the price was no cheaper it was the full bundle price even though underneath all the little icons three of them were saying you've already purchased this so the one that I hadn't purchased was 4 99 and I thought well with the discount on the bundle that should be costing me somewhere between one pound and two pounds something like that and it was still quoting that as 4.99 but the bundle price was 15 and i thought there's something not right there so i did leave that alone for a few days um in the meanwhile the omni group sorted their bundle out and it became available and you could use the complete my bundle and it did save about 32 pounds so i repeatedly went back to the Riadle bundle thinking you know it'll kick start itself in the end it'll it'll sort itself out and it'll give me that completely bundle and it will give me the right price and it doesn't it's still saying ten pounds forty nine for one bundle thirteen ninety nine for the other, and I'm only missing one app at four ninety nine so not exactly a resounding success all round that I'm afraid, but if it was, then yes, they were a great idea, but I'm not even seeing that correctly to be honest.
0: It was scanner Pro by the way.
1: Yes that's the one. But it is a good app. It's a very good
0: app. I've just looked it up.
1: To be honest, I would pay 4.99 for the one that I was missing. The one that I was missing seems to be something like Printopia. So it might be worth having a look at. But it's very annoying when when you know you're supposed to be able to complete the bundle and it just doesn't work. And I'm sure people have told Riyadal that it's not working properly. I don't know if there's anything they can do about it. It could well be something to do with Apple. <laughs> the way things have gone, it could well be, couldn't it? But that's what I'm up to with that.
0: Is it time for?
1: I think it could be. This will be good, given the lag on Skype.
0: Are we going to try it? IPhone iPhone, 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 iPhone! After all that, actually buying a phone had to be easier.
1: Not really. Not if you were pre-ordering at Phones for You. Uh, they went under, after the pre-orders... But before shipping, handy that, wasn't it? It was. I wonder what that was worth to them. And then, worse than that, no refunds. So for our overseas listeners, phones for you. um, How would we describe phones for you? A shop. (laughs) They were a store, weren't they, that provided um, mobile phones. But, well, yes, but not like, um, what would you say? They're not per carrier. They were a global thing, weren't they? So the idea was fabulous. You could compare in store. You didn't have to go into O2 and only look at their tariffs or Vodafone and only look at theirs. You could go in and look at everybody's tariffs. Should have been fabulous. They went under. Um, but the most shocking thing was that they then announced... Well, they, first they said there'd be refunds because obviously they're not shipped anything. And then they said no refunds, which I thought was criminal. Uh, their official line on that was contact your credit card company and they'll refund you. I mean, seriously, we all pay for that. All of us pay for that. You should not be able to get away with that. But that was that was their official line. Contact your credit card company. Now, I mean, you had to do that once
0: and it's not an instant thing, is it? It takes a good few weeks to get the money back. It does. It does. And then to add insult to injury, the the company uh, included all the customers' email addresses in the to field of the email that they sent out rather than the hidden BCC field. And that actually backfired because it then meant they could start, all the customers could start venting their frustrations through reply to all.
1: <laughs> Absolutely fabulous.
0: When you see reply to all normally, it's one of those things where you're thinking, don't use reply to all. You know, the number of times I've seen it at work where somebody sends an email and then uh, somebody replies to all and, and everyone's replying back to all saying, why did I get this email? But actually, I think that one is a great use of it.
1: If there was ever a case for reply all, that's the one. At least you're putting people um, who are in the same boat in touch with each other so they can form a support group. I like that. And then Carphone Warehouse came along, a knight in shining shining armour, and said that if you're not going to get a refund from phones for you, then come and get your phone from Carphone Warehouse. Not sure about the logic of that. I'm sure it wasn't for free, but um, they did come out. Now, you could say they're they're making money there on other people's misery, but I, I don't know. I don't know what actually happened to that in the end, because there were so few phones to be had. But in the meantime, I read an excellent piece in The Telegraph, and it was um, about that this phones for you debacle. And it was just generally bemoaning the state the country's in. And I thought it was the best piece of journalism I had seen in years. So I'm going to put a link into that. It's only sort of tangentially relevant in terms of phones for you, but it is well worth a read. Absolutely. But back to the new phones. Yes, there were two new phones. And, and of course, Kevin Lynch made an appearance. I'd forgotten he'd gone there, you know. I had. He must have been in a room for a while with his magic
0: wand, being Harry Potter's twin brother. Yes, you never see them in the same room together, do you?
1: Yes, and bless his little cotton socks, he gave us all a free crash course in Mandarin while he was at it. And then came the inevitable scrap about which of the phones was best. Why do some people believe that for them to be right, somebody else has got to be wrong? I don't get it. There's two phones. Choose the one you prefer. And don't get all offended and worse still, defensive when somebody else chooses the other one. That's why there's two. Make a choice. Enjoy yourself.
0: Totally agree with you. Just because you choose one doesn't mean that that's that's the wrong choice. You, you will have your own reasons for choosing a particular device over a different device. So live and let live and let live is what I say. Anyway, which did you go for?
1: I went for the six plus um, only because it suits what I do and how I use it best. But as I've said, your mileage may vary and that's great. Buy the one that works for you.
0: So you've got big pockets then?
1: Ah, now that takes me back to a rather, I didn't think so, but everybody else assured me it was, shocking announcement I made at the Bites Live because that was the initial question, you know, oh, will it fit in, in a, my jeans pocket? And I announced that I don't own a pair of jeans. I have never owned a pair of jeans. Of course, the upside of this is I don't have to worry about pockets and the size of them.
0: Didn't Nickintosh speculate about what you wear?
1: Oh, ha ha. I think crinoline petticoats it was, I believe. Anyway, I decided to buy. That was when the fun really started. I was up at an ungodly hour for me. I think it was about seven o'clock. I don't work well at seven o'clock. Sadly, by eight o'clock, the site wasn't so prompt. So... um. I briefly touched on this on Twitter, but I've had so many people come back and say, do tell, do tell what what happened. Well, I suffered the agonising 40 minute refreshing machines and devices wait that everybody had. And then finally, the site appeared, sadly, on all the devices at the same time. So I was a bit overwhelmed then as to which one I should use. But I managed to think, no, it'll be the iMac. And uh, I added my phone to my basket and you know where it comes up at the bottom and it says, you have ordered this, put your credit yeah. card in, da-da-da-da, and the delivery date is? The delivery date was the 19th of September. What could possibly go wrong? So I clicked buy. I'd put all the credit card details and everything, and that was the last option, you know, click buy. So I did. And up popped the confirmation page, and I was so relieved, I didn't actually read it for a good five minutes. I just stared at it thinking, thank heavens for that. When I did actually get down to to the detail of reading it, they changed the delivery date on me. It was no longer the 19th. It was the 30th of September to the 3rd of October. Worst kind of bait and switch ever. So, quarter to nine in the morning, I decide to join the live chat with Apple. And it took me a good 20 to 25 minutes to get connected because obviously they were mad busy. I typed my query and, you know, somebody came back and said, hello, how can I help you? So I typed my query and, you know, what what's happened here? I've got screenshots that said the 19th all the way through until after I'd hit the purchase button. And then it said the 30th to the 3rd. So I typed that in and I waited for a reply and they disconnected me. Literally, it said, you know, um, whoever this representative was has disconnected from the chat. Disgusting. So I thought I'll give them a ring. So I was on Skype. So I, I Skyped through to them and I was on hold for hours, literally hours. And you get through and and there's the Scottish lady. It's always the Scottish lady. She works very hard, doesn't she? He does. And she's saying, press one for this and two for that and five to wait all day and we'll never answer. And I just I just left it there. I thought I can do this. I'll I'll just leave it. Now, must admit at that point, you know, most people would maybe not have the patience, not have the ability because they're at work uh, or not have the money. It's nine pence a minute. Nine pence a minute to talk to them about a mistake that they have made. Now, I wasn't concerned about the nine pence a minute, even though that adds up if you're on there three hours, trust me, because they intended to bill them for it. So I wasn't worried about that. Uh, But it wasn't answered. And I literally then had to do some work. So I had to give up on that on the Friday. But in case you're wondering, you know, well, what's the point? (laughs) i got to agree with you, to be honest. What was the point? Uh, Just to be annoying. But my, my real concern was the apple care. I had ordered AppleCare at the same point I'd ordered the phone. And the AppleCare traditionally runs from the purchase date of the AppleCare or the phone. And that purchase date is not the date you get it. It's the purchase date. So it could well have run from either the 19th or the day that they build the credit card, depending how altruistic they're feeling. Um, They're not usually that generous, to be honest. And I have had situations where... I have had was it the MacBook Air or an iMac that I had a problem with the Apple Care? I think it was an iMac.
0: Honestly, can't remember.
1: I had an iMac and let's say this iMac arrived on the 12th. I thought, oh, I, you know, I need to sort out my Apple Care on that for the 12th. So around the 5th, I, I thought I'd better deal with that, and I, I logged on to find out that, that I was out of um, my year's guarantee a couple of days before, and I thought, can't be, didn't arrive till the 12th, and then I thought, ah. It was the date of purchase. So you only have up to that date of purchase, which could be, you know, you, you, they do have backlogs of five, six weeks. That's ridiculous. So I did ring them and I sorted that out with them. But since then, I've been very careful about when I buy the AppleCare. And I didn't think it was on that that would run from the purchase date. Now, if the purchase date was the 19th, uh, no, the 12th, and the delivery date was the 19th, for a week, I'm not going to argue with you. I'd rather have the Apple Care and have it covered. But in these circumstances where I I still hadn't actually managed to speak to anybody at this stage, spent a shed load of money, but not actually managed to speak to anybody, I was thinking if it doesn't arrive till the 3rd of October, you're looking at three weeks there and I'm just not having that. Plus the fact... If it was going to be that long, there was also the midnight dance to collect in store before the ordered iPhone actually arrived. You know, when they do the stock inventory overnight and then they make a few iPhones available. Yeah. I thought maybe I might be tempted by that. And I thought that gives me a problem with the Apple Care because the Apple Care will be attached to the phone that hasn't arrived yet and not the one that's in my sticky little paw. So I needed to speak to somebody about that. It wasn't all about being awkward, <laughs> honestly, although that did have an appeal. So um, there was the AppleCare issue. There was also another issue which kind of related to this, whether I ordered one at the, via the midnight thing. Potentially, the credit card bill was going to need paying before it was possible for me to return the phone that they were supposed to be sending me. So at that point, I may have had to have paid f- for two phones. And yes, they'd refund me. But in the interim, what do I do? Not pay the credit card bill and leave it racking up interest <laughs> and send Apple the bill. That was appealing, trust me. Or pay both and then be in credit to the credit card company. And neither of those particularly appealed. So I'm thinking as I'm sitting there, it might actually be better just to cancel the Apple Care and then buy it again once I'd got the phone, should I ever get a phone. But that had its own problems because you risk not being covered for a certain amount of time and it's Apple Care Plus. So it's not really, obviously, you've got your year's guarantee. It's the accidental damage cover. There's no point paying for it after the event. So a busy weekend ensued. And the following week, I thought, no, I'm not going to let them get away with it. I'm going to have to talk to them. So I rang again on the Tuesday. And I spoke with a representative. And I explained all of that. And it took me quite a while to explain it because he didn't seem to have much idea of what I would say is common sense. These are the practical problems that your purchasers have got. And as far as I'm concerned, you're Apple and you should know that and you should have answers there instantly when you can be bothered to answer the phone. Anyway, uh, after being persuaded, he offered to extend the return date for the Apple Care to 30 days. Now, you do have the right to cancel within 30 days, but that's not the same as returning it within 30 days. At that point, if you have 30 days to return it, then it's not actually kicked in. So I, I said that was OK. And um, I asked, obviously, what the heck had gone on with the order and all of that. And I asked for the the confirmation in an email. So this 30 days extension he was allowing me, I asked for that in an email. Obviously, I did. And he agreed to that. Now, I know from previous experience with AppleCare, it can take a few hours for an email to come in. But nothing on Tuesday, nothing on Wednesday, nothing on Thursday. And then it was Friday the 19th. Yes, that was iPhone day. And I was not a happy bunny. Worst day, really, for me to ring them, wasn't it? But I decided, you know what? It's iPhone day and I've not got an iPhone. So I'm going to ring you and I'm going to vent my spleen. Because at that stage, there was no way I was getting a phone either. According to before October, according to the shipping. So that had slipped nicely to the 3rd of October. So the problem was less that and at this stage, more than non-arrival of the promised email, because if they can't get the phone to me before the 3rd of October, then they can't get a phone to me before the 3rd of October. I'll just have to accept that. But to tell me you'll send me an email confirming our conversation and then not do so is not acceptable. And by this stage, the Apple Care was actually on its way. So I spoke to another representative and she confirmed what the first representative had said and confirmed that he had said he would send an email and then proceeded to explain that at their level, they are not allowed to send emails. It sounds like you're no email day at work, doesn't it? It does. Well, she was apologetic, but not much use. Now, you know what they're going to say, don't you? I knew before I got on. Is there a more annoying statement than we're a victim of our own success. Do you know how many iPhones we've shipped this week? No, you're not a victim, Apple. Your customers are a victim. A victim of your inability to deliver what you promise when you promise to deliver it. Initially the 19th, then the 30th, oh, then the, apparently the third. And you certainly made the promise to send an email. And that's got nothing to do with how many iPhones you've shipped. So um, we talked. There's a euphemism. And we came to an understanding regarding the compensation for my time, the phone calls, and an agreement to expedite delivery. And that was the end of it as far as I was concerned. Not much else I could do. Wait for my phone. One hour later. So this is the afternoon of iPhone day. We're all still following along with this, aren't we? Oh, it's like Jackanory.
0: We are. Well, I am.
1: One hour later, after I'd had this conversation, I get an email from Apple. And it said, you know, update your order. And I thought, what's this one? I thought you couldn't send an email. So I read it and I read it again. And after I'd read it for the fifth time, I thought, oh, my word. This email said, and and I quote, the original estimated arrival date of your phone has been changed. It has been changed from next week. And I thought, next week? Is this Minster? Next week? Next week to tomorrow. Saturday, the 20th of September. Well, happy dance around the office thought, good grief. But I didn't quite believe it because I thought, well, what's the first thing you do at that point? Come on, even you, Mike, what's the first thing you do? Log into the tracking and check where it is. It was in China somewhere. And I thought, there's no way that's getting here by tomorrow. Not if it's rocket propelled, is it? But I thought, I've got this email and it absolutely says tomorrow. And it even said, you'll be able to check the tracking on Saturday morning and it will give you a time of arrival. And I thought, well, she did say she, she'd sort of hurry it along a bit. But tomorrow, so I thought, well, fair enough then. So I cancelled my theatre tickets because they intended to sit here and wait. You know, matinee, less important than my phone. And uh, Saturday came. Now, by this stage, so this is Saturday morning, I'd been quoted... The 19th at the point of purchase, the 20th in an email, the 22nd by UPS, the 23rd in in another email from Apple. The tracking was saying the 30th. And then I got another one that said, no, it was going to be the 3rd of October. So I had six estimated delivery days at this stage. Is this not sounding like Apple? I've had better service from Google. In fact, I've had better service from Royal Mail. There's a comparison for you. Royal Mail. So I sat there and I waited. Shall we just say overpromise and under deliver? Never a good plan. It didn't arrive on Saturday. So spitting bullets much. And it turns out I wasn't alone. I decided to log on to Google, have a look. And I was sat there thinking, what on earth can I type in? You know, I'm furious. What can I type in about this? And I'm, I forget what I did type, but I managed to find a thread in a forum and I'll put a link in the show notes to it. It makes fabulous reading. I wasn't the only one that got this email that said that the phones that were due to arrive any time up to October would be delivered on the 20th of September. And people were jumping up and down with excitement, but they too were finding, like me, that when they looked for where their phone was, it was in China or on its way, but it certainly wasn't anywhere that they could have delivered it on the Saturday. That's for sure. So I called that the errant Saturday delivery mail. So by this stage I you know, I waited all of Saturday thinking it's not coming, it's not coming. I think by then it had arrived in Malaysia, but it certainly wasn't coming on the Saturday. So I decided I would ring Apple on the Sunday because I thought I'd I need to vent again. I really felt the need to vent, yes, again. So I did. And um I just said, you know, I I have no desire to discuss this any further, escalated. And you know, you get the usual of, well, anybody will tell you the same thing as I'm telling you. And I said, I don't want to talk to somebody at your level. Will you escalate this or not? At which point, they are trained, aren't they, not to say no. They are. So pro tip, if you're dealing with a call centre, just bombard them with questions, the answer to which is no, because they can't say no. So they try and waffle at which point you trip them up. So escalated at that point and I was waiting for a call on Monday. So Monday the 22nd rolls round and I'm sitting there at eight o'clock thinking, I wonder, by this stage, um, my my phone had arrived in Germany and uh, it was reporting to be in Germany at eight o'clock on Monday morning. So I'm thinking to myself, A day to get from Germany to, it's usually uh, Tamworth, isn't it? The UPS depot. Yeah. And then a day to get from there to Manchester. And I should probably see it Wednesday, which was a huge improvement on the 3rd of October. But don't make a promise of Saturday and then have me sat there on Monday without my phone. So, Monday morning. And I thought, I'm going to give UPS a call because I could see what was happening, what was going to happen when I talked to Apple. I could see they were going to blame UPS. Because I've worked in offices too, and every every department blames the other one, don't they? So I thought, before I speak to Apple, because they were calling me back, I'm going to talk to UPS and get their side of it. So I spoke to UPS. Boy, were they efficient. This this gentleman was in Germany, and oh, good grief, he was efficient. So I explained the, the situation to him. And he said, yes, th- there's been sort of a call on that one to, to get it there fast. And I said, well, that's fine. But, you know, it's in Cologne. So he said, yes, it was. It was in Cologne overnight. He said, but I can confirm it's now in Donington. And I thought that that's fast. So it literally got from Cologne to Donnington within a couple of hours. And um, he said, we've just put it. So, so I said, well, you know, it's still saying Cologne on your system. So he said, yeah, well, I've got another system. You know, that one's not actually been updated at the moment. So I thought this is interesting. You think these these places would have one system, but no. So he had another system and he could tell me that it had actually arrived in the country. He said, and I can confirm, we've just put it on a van and it's on its way to you. So it will be here today. And I thought, you're kidding me, because as far as I knew, it was still in Cologne. But he guaranteed it would be there by 7pm. So I'm sat and I'm waiting. And I thought, I'm bound to get this call from Apple just as the phone arrives. But uh, that's exactly what happened. My phone arrived. And within five minutes, I had this call from Apple, who were even more apologetic than they were the day before.
0: You could have sold tickets for a ringside seat to that one, I think.
1: Well, do you know, actually, it's funny you should mention that because when the call came through, Mum was actually sitting in the office with me.
0: And what was her reaction?
1: When I'd finished, she said she was glad it was someone other than her on the receiving end of that one. So, uh, yes, I did manage to get my phone. They did expedite it uh, enormously. That probably cost them a fortune. And it was the first. First time the UPS man had arrived and he was grumpy, so uh, I think they literally had shoved it on a van from Donington and and he'd motored to to get it to me. So um, all was well in the end, shall we say? No, I'm sorry, I think that service is appalling. Not not trying to fix it. Just the initial bait and switch. You don't tell me one date and then a different date the, the minute I click buy. You don't tell me you'll send me an email and then not do it. You don't have somebody sat on hold for three hours with not even a message saying we're very busy at the minute. You don't charge me nine pence a minute to call you when it's your fault. So yes, I was experienced enough, shall we say, to make sure that I was recompensed for all of that and more besides. But um, more, you know, more people wouldn't be than would be. Because you'll give up in the end, wouldn't you? If you can't get through for three hours, you would probably give up. Or you would do the midnight dance or something. So to be honest, the, the whole debacle left a bit of a nasty taste. Luckily, the phone itself, once I'd got it out of the box, I didn't even have it out of the box the time Apple rang. Um, the phone itself is rather nice. The only thing I'm really struggling with is that switch at the side. You know, they've moved the power switch to the side. Yeah. I much prefer it at the top. I know it's more difficult to slide your hand up, but one, I'm used to it. And two, the way that it's positioned now is very similar to to the Nexus in terms of on the side. And I always found that a little bit more more difficult not to hit one of the other buttons. So we've just seen leaked images, if they're true, of the new iPad Air and the new iPad Mini and the power switch is still on the top of those devices. Always assuming they're genuine leaks, obviously. But they did come from Apple, so supposedly. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that switch didn't go back to the top in, in a future revision, I'm sure. The camera itself's rather nice as well. And uh, there's a lovely app out there. You won't have tried this, will you? Go on, say it again. No,
0: because I don't have iOS 8.
1: Right. <laughs> just, just checking. Still checking. Yes, it's a lovely um, app called Manual. And um, it opens up a whole range of options with the camera. So um really looking forward to trying that in better weather, shall we say, because at the moment it can't take the phone out because it's raining like crazy. But uh, I'm looking forward to trying that one. Of course, I won't be taking the new
0: phone to Manchester United, will I? No, you won't. Size does actually matter. And following our discussion a few weeks ago about the ban on iPads at Old Trafford, supporters cannot bring large electronic devices into the stadium, and they defined that as bigger than 150mm by 100mm. Now, the iPhone 6 Plus is 158mm by 77.8mm. So, iPhone 6 Plus owners, you're okay with the width, but it's 8mm too long.
1: Yes, as the vicar said to the choir mistress. Well, I'm not thinking they'll be stood there with a ruler, but you never know. You never know. And then, of course, there was the annual scare story about the new phone. There always has to be one, doesn't there? I'm thinking there's an opportunity for Samsung to sponsor some of these videos, you know. Yes. And yes, this scare story followed the usual life cycle of the annual scare story. The cavalry arrived in the form of Apple Insider. This was all to do with bend gate
0: yes but that's the price that you pay for getting a phone made from the thinnest piece of aluminium as johnny would say maybe all these people are wearing hot pants you know and that's what's causing the metal to bend i've never actually put any iphone into my back pocket i have put it into my front pocket but i've never put it into my back pocket because one might get stolen and two knowing me i might actually forget and sit down on it (laughs) and guess what folks if I try and bend my iPhone 4 it'll shatter and also if it's such a problem why haven't people returned them and why are Apple still selling them in their millions to me it's a bit of a non-issue obviously if I had sat on my phone and bent it then it would be a different matter
1: yeah and then there was those two British kids (sighs) words fail me for anyone who managed to miss this don't know how you managed that but if you did it was two young British kids I think they were 15 years old put a video of themselves up on YouTube going into an Apple store and deliberately bending a phone I'd have prosecuted them well if I'd have been the parents I'd have murdered them but you know I would have prosecuted them what's the difference between that and you know going in with a hammer because you could probably break an iMac with it if you really tried
0: very true very true
1: Yes, but not satisfied with Bendgate. We then had Beardgate. I'm loving this. How many is this? We should be keeping account. It should be like drink, like a drinking game. <laughs> uh, for anyone who doesn't keep a close eye on all this rubbish, I'm not making this stuff up. Really, I'm not. Beardgate was closely related to Gapgate and Seam Gate. Apparently there is a hairline gap in the casing that's trapping hair and beards. You're kidding. I'm not. It hasn't happened to me, but then I don't have a beard.
0: You do have hair, though.
1: And I haven't got it stuck in an errant orifice of my iPhone, either.
0: I do not have errant orifices.
1: That said, I did manage to miss the debacle that was the 8.0.1 update, which might have clouded my opinion, had I gone up that blind alley. I was already annoyed, to be honest, how it downloads the updates in the background, even with the option not to do so. Disabled. So uh, there was an option in there and I'd gone through the whole thing and it said, you know, do you want to download updates automatically? Put no to that. And it did, which exacerbates the whole, wait for it, space gate issue um, of needing over five gig free to do an over the air install. By this stage, can I just say, it's like a review of the month, this, isn't it? The apologists were by now struggling like never before to defend Apple. I actually don't know why they felt the need. It's a retail company, not a religion.
0: It is, you're right. I mean, does anyone defend Tesco's to that degree?
1: Well, I can honestly say I don't, but that's a whole different story. Um, As I said, I didn't do the 8.0.1, but best advice was to restore it via iTunes, which... Sounds lovely, doesn't it? It sounds like his get out of jail free card. Away you go. But the last uh, iOS 7 point update, so the very last one, I put that on. I left it quite a while, but I put it on when I was preparing to to go to iOS 8 and it was a nightmare. It did the old restore thing, you know, plug me in and restore me. Um, And I thought, This was only a, you know, a 0.000001 point update. Why would you do that? But it did. It needed completely restoring and everything worked okay. I do have my backups um, encrypted, which means I don't have to put all of the passwords in, which would be a huge pain. But there are still little foibles that happen that shouldn't, because I personally think they're badly programmed. But the one I'm thinking of in particular is once I'd done this restore, everything seemed on the surface to be working fine. But what wasn't was the Audible app has content in it. And when you've downloaded the content, the thumbnail lights up. If you haven't downloaded the content, but it's in your library, it's like dimmed out slightly. So there was a lot of books in there that I downloaded and they were all fully lit up. So I knew what I downloaded. But the thing is, when you do a restore, all that content's lost. Now, that's fine. Just re-download it again. But You can't tell what's downloaded and what's not because it doesn't reset the thumbnails. So you look at it and you think it's downloaded. And the first time you know it's not is when you tap play. You could be out then with either an expensive data connection or no connection at all. And in my case, it was an iPod touch that this was on. And I don't have a connection when I'm out unless I tether all the rest of it. And I think that's just... If you're going to do that, you know, Audible obviously don't keep that in a part of its memory that doesn't get trashed when it's restored. If you're going to do that, at least reset the thumbnails, give me some indication um, because it doesn't show as missing until you try and play it, which is terrible. So, yes, um, what can I I call that? Audible gate. That'll
0: do. Mm, Audible gate. Audible gate. Well, was there any good news after that?
1: Well, like I said, the phone's lovely, battery life, absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning. Um, I was shocked, actually. It took uh, over three days and I'd I'd used it about 11 or 12 hours. So the usage was 11 or 12 hours and the standby was almost, it was over three and a half days before I could get it down to 1% because I wanted to do the battery recalibration. So the battery is absolutely amazing.
0: And then there's the matter of a case.
1: Clothes for MacBite Siri, you mean?
0: My new threads.
1: Yes, I looked at the um because we didn't we didn't discuss that bit, did we? That was another debacle. The day it arrived, um, I didn't have the right sim because I was moving from a 4S. So I had to dash out to O2, which handily is opposite the Apple store. And I had a look at the leather cases and I did think they were nice, but one I thought they were incredibly overpriced. And two there wasn't a white one. So I'd gone for a white phone with a silver back and I thought, why would I want to put this in a red case or a black case? Why would I do that? I actually sort of wanted something that didn't even look like a case. So I went for a clear gel case um, that I'd found on Amazon and I'd actually ordered it before the phone arrived, which given how long that was going to take was a good idea. And it was the princely sum of one ninety nine, And I thought, well, if it's rubbish, it's not a problem. At least it's something. And my first reaction when I took it out of the case, out of the envelope was this is not the right one. This must be for the six, not the six plus. But no, it was for the six plus. And um, by the time it arrived, I had ordered it before the phone, but the phone did get here first. It's awesome. It's absolutely perfect. You literally don't notice it at all. It must be less than a millimetre thick, but it takes off that kind of slippy edge that the phone has. And, you know, at the back where the camera thing sticks out slightly. Yeah. This just is about the same thickness. So it gives you a flat edge to the phone when you put it down. And literally it looks like it's naked. Sorry about that, MacBite Siri. But it looks like it's naked. And um, I just think it's awesome absolutely awesome. So uh, I instantly bought two more of them because I thought knowing my luck, I'll have an accident with the case. (laughs) But the case is absolutely perfect. So waterproof covers up this seam. That's why I don't know about beard gate, hair gate or any other kind of gate with the phone on the front. Um, So I'm not seeing that at all. And um, it's, you know when you put these things on and sometimes they're just fractionally too big and they slip around all over the place yeah this thing is perfect the fit is absolutely perfect so i don't know how they managed to do that actually because they were on sale like within hours of apple doing the event and seeing as the stream of that went so well i don't know where they got the actual specs from or whether they had test models but it is perfect so i will put a link into that because it is absolutely perfect
0: and sadly the craziness wasn't over at that point was it
1: No, then there was the great OmniFocus fail of 2014. Is that OmniFocus gate? I'm loving this. (laughs) Yes. You see, if you're using OmniFocus, you're probably already bordering on OCD at the best of times. So not being able to get access to your GTD toys is enough to send you over the edge. And what happened was brand new version of OmniFocus out. It's gorgeous. It really is very nice. And it came up to the weekend after iOS 8 came out. And um they sent a tweet out and said, um, could be, you know, if you've updated that you'll find that there's an expiration notice in it. And I read it and I thought, you've got to be kidding me. And I went into OmniFocus and they were quite right. A message came up and said that the um, the build had expired and um, they'd made a mistake. You know, it, they admitted it was totally their, their mistake. They'd left some code in there that referenced some other certificate or whatever, and the whole thing had expired. And they were, um, they, They did work very hard to try and sort that out. But that was weekend one. And I thought, well, not to worry. You know, I can I can use the Mac version. I can use it on my phone. So I I won't get overly excited the following weekend. So literally, it was the Friday night. um, There was another crisis with OmniFocus. Apple managed to balk a whole range of apps. And I think the message that time, if I remember correctly, wasn't it no longer available for sale?
0: I think it was
1: or something like that. So they were saying there was an update there and you couldn't get this update because then you're getting this no no longer available for sale. And the thing was, it wasn't just Omni. That had happened to a lot of people. So guess what? Another fail on Apple's part, I'm afraid. And to be honest, like I said, the Omni group worked wonders. Uh, The first weekend, they pulled an all-nighter to um, do what they needed to do and put in this um, updated build, ask for expedited review. And it was sorted within about 12 hours. So um, impressive handling of it. But uh, the Apple thing, I think that did go on for a little bit longer. But eventually uh, that was sorted out as well. But uh, if you're an OCD GTD person, you would not have been happy those weekends, would you?
0: You wouldn't, know. And did I see another update to Evernote's interface?
1: There is an update to the web interface on Evernote. In fact, I think it's a rule that every Evernote update brings a completely redesigned interface. This one is one of those minimal interfaces, which do have a place. I've got some apps like that myself, like ByWord. But not every app needs to look like it's got zero features. I do understand with writing apps, but even there, it is optional. Evernote as much about using your information as it is about squirrelling away the various snippets that you found online or writing your next bestseller. So to me, hiding the majority of the interface just doesn't endear Evernote to me. When I'm logging into the web interface, I, I need to be able to get to the information that I'm looking for quickly, not stare at this blank screen which is pretty much what's happening at the moment.
0: True, but I can see where they're coming from because it, it, to me, it looked like Word.
1: Yes, but Word is intended. With Word, you are intending to work with a single document about a single piece of information. You might be writing a letter, you might be writing your, best, your bestseller, but you're not generally working with I think in my case, 4,700 notes. So you're not working with 4,700 Word files at the same time. Word is strictly focused on single document creation or management. And Evernote isn't or shouldn't be. True. At least, well, at the moment, they they are giving you an option because I enabled it, took one look and thought, you must be joking and... and De- deactivated it. And I know you had a quick look, didn't you?
0: <laughs> I did exactly the same thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. What I figured was if I go into, because I've got a, a couple of um, demo accounts that I use when I'm demoing, demoing Evernote. I thought if I go into every one of these accounts, activate it, give it five minutes, then deactivate it. Maybe their stats will tell them that not everybody's loving this. So if you've not had a look at the web interface, do go and have a look and uh, you should get a message inviting you to activate it. And if you want to deactivate it, which you did and didn't know how, go into your account settings and there's an option in there for beta and you can say go back. And um, please, everybody, go and do that. Give them something to think about because I can understand it's lovely if you're putting information in. But if you're trying to mine the information you've got when you're out, it's not the perfect interface for it at all. There's lots of clicking and swiping and sliding just to get to your data. And the old view had the whole thing just there in front of you. And it's just a matter of just clicking what you wanted. So not an improvement, but that's Evernote for you.
0: And talking of Microsoft, going back to Word, talking of Microsoft, they've now got into bed with GoDaddy, haven't they?
1: Oh, yes. Or put another way, what on earth are Microsoft thinking? Apple get into bed with IBM
0: and Microsoft counter with GoDaddy. After that elephant incident, I'm actually surprised that anyone wants to partner with GoDaddy. But it does look a good deal, even after the first year. You get hosting and Office 365 for just £12 a month.
1: To be honest, I didn't get beyond the fact it was GoDaddy. (laughs) I I won't do business with them. So... uh, £12 a month sounds pretty decent, but I'd go somewhere else. I I don't trust GoDaddy. Don't like their adverts and uh, don't like their morals either. So uh, I I didn't get any further with that at all.
0: Fair enough. Now, there's a a hacking incident recently. Five million Google passwords were leaked online.
1: Collected by some hackers, apparently.
0: Collected. You know, can't they collect something else like stamps?
1: (laughs) I don't know why they don't do something useful with their time. I mean, if they've got that range of skills to that level, do something useful with it.
0: I think it's what you call uh, rebellion and anti-establishment or something like that.
1: I think it's called
0: idiocy. I think you're right. I'm just showing my age, grumpy old man. Uh, Latest news is that Dropbox may have been hacked or maybe not.
1: Well, not according to Dropbox. But I, I, this, this was interesting because I thought, well, what they've done apparently is they've got usernames and passwords from somewhere else and they've tried them brute force on Dropbox and some of them are working. So if, if you reuse passwords and I try and stick to one password to one service all the time. But what it prompted me to do, which was interesting, was run the one password security audit. And I found in there... A couple of things that were saying it was using the same password, but it was because it returns to you. You know when you create a password and and you use a password recipe? Yeah. And it saves it. And then it saves the login. So actually, there were some double entries, which there are supposed to be. But I did find one. It was my Manchester United account. And what was I thinking? I don't think I changed this password since about 1996. It had five characters in it and they were just letters. (laughs) Oh, I know. that was the world's worst password. Trust me. I oh, wanted to add insult to injury. It was a real word as well. So I promptly changed it to a random 50 character string. And I thought, I know what's going to happen here. I'm going to get locked out of my United account while it, you know, when it just cuts the end off. But bless them, they took it and um, it logged me in and I logged myself out and I logged myself back in. So I sorted it out. So um, whether you have got stick to one password to one service and highly, highly recommend the 1Password security audit. If you've not seen it, it's down on the right hand side, uh, no, the left hand side of 1Password. And to be honest, you can miss it. I went through all the menus looking for it and it's in the sidebar on the left hand side at the bottom. And you've got to hover next to the word and then open it up. And there's a few options in there. And it it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I'd not seen it before.
1: Did you try it? Eye-opening, was it? It
0: was definitely eye-opening. I had the same. So we'll be
1: spending a couple of days holiday sorting out that mess now, will we?
0: Yeah, I had the same problem as you with a password of five characters, but I'm not going to go any further into that because I don't want to be hacked.
1: No, I, I sorted mine out. Now, um, despite Apple foisting a U2 album on you, it could always be worse. You could be Finland. Finland? Yeah, apparently Finland had two main industries. Trust me, this is Mac News. Uh, The two main industries were Nokia, or Nokia as some pronounce it, and paper. And this week, the Finnish Prime Minister, Alexander Stubb, blamed Apple for killing off the Finnish economy. Uh, According to him, the iPhone killed Nokia and the iPad killed the paper industry. But on the upside, he does now have a U2 album to listen to while he laments his loss. What
0: about fishing?
1: Oh, good one. Obviously, Koi Pond saw that off.
0: Oh, yes. Koi Pond and the Koi Pond Mafia. <laughs> dun, 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 dun,
1: oh, I know what that is. I know what that is.
0: That is nothing to do with the Finnish um, industry, by the way. Economy. Go on. What is it?
1: No, it's Macworld, isn't it? It is. It was just a matter of time, though, wasn't it, really? Yeah. If you have been living under a rock and you have not heard, Macworld is R.I.P., This is Macworld iWorld.
0: Macworld is sunsetting.
1: Oh yes, good point. Yes, it is. Well, actually, it's officially it's on hiatus.
0: Yeah, but it won't be. So it's supposed be
1: back. to be returning in 2016, but that's not really what people are saying, is it? No. They're not not believing that at all. I'd I'd like to hear from Paul Kent on uh, whether it really will be back or not. But only a matter of time once Apple pulled out. Although everybody said it was all about the community. Yes. And it would soldier on, but sadly, no. Not looking like it's going to soldier on. No it couldn't really get much worse, could it? But then to top my month off, Tweetbot started to display the tweet count upside down.
0: There's nothing wrong with that, my pommy friend.
1: Well, no, as long as I could pivot my iMac monitor upside down, it's actually very, very off-putting. It's very disorientating. You Obviously, you can actually see the number, but with it being upside down. So that, that put the tin hat on my month, I'm afraid. So after all
0: that, are you ready to do it again at the next event?
1: Absolutely. So what are we going to get this time? We never got those reversible USB cables, you know.
0: No, we didn't.
1: Maybe that'll, maybe that'll come. And a new Mac Mini, possibly a smaller Mac Mini. Maybe we'll see Kevin again, little Kevin Lynch, with more details of the Apple Watch. And then, of course, this possibility of the big iPad. The iPad Air 2, the iPad Mini 3. Or do you think they'll rename it the Apple Pad?
0: Oh, yes, the Apple Pad. And another free U2 album. You put me right off now.
1: I was really getting into the swing then. I was even thinking about the iTip, but you've put me off now.
0: Oh, yes. But uh, despite all the bad news that we've had, there were some highlights, weren't there, recently?
1: I'm sure most of the Mac community were absolutely thrilled. Thrilled about the Adobe CC updates. But actually, they were pretty good. There were some very good updates. Um, Do you remember when I did that live session extolling the virtues of all the iOS apps? Yeah. And they killed them a couple of days later. Yeah. Nice one, Adobe. Uh, They've updated them all again now. So uh, they're not the same apps. They've released new apps. But some of the features are absolutely stunning. And I think all of them are free. I think absolutely all of them are free. So they're they're worth having a look at. Now, you might think you need a Creative Cloud subscription, but you don't. And even if you did, you might do to actually get in. You might need an Adobe ID, but you can get a free Adobe ID and it does give you two gig of space. So to use these apps, you don't need a paid subscription. So um, some of them are really worth having a look at. They also updated the core Creative Cloud apps. And I got a, a message to update. It was about two o'clock in the afternoon, which was six a.m. in the States and the servers had melted. So um, it must have proved very, very popular. But the updates are very nice. If you've got a subscription, make sure you update because they are free to subscribers and they are well worth updating. Maybe one day they'll match my expectations. Maybe, maybe one of the big updates is libraries. Um, so you can synchronise everything across your machine. So it's sounding like iCloud, isn't it? Only it does actually sync.
0: <laughs> Least said about.
1: Yeah, Then it, it unceremoniously logged me out, though, actually. So I did have to log back in and sort that out. But if you are a bit hazy as to what they've done and what all these apps are and how to use them, they will be coming to MacBytes Learning soon, soon within, what should we say? A few weeks. I'm not going to say next week. It only gets Minster too excited. But that wasn't all, was it?
0: No. New software as well.
1: Rapid Weaver 6, finally to be released, 21st of October. How, how late was that now? A couple of years? Maybe more. I think so. But I noticed in the um, email about it, no mention of Typed. Remember the Markdown editor? They got all giddy about I remember that, yeah. Nothing yeah. about it at all. But it all paled into insignificance next to the best new app, I would say possibly of the year, which has to be Affinity Designer, which was released the 2nd of October. I have never seen such good reviews on the Mac App Store. I checked just before we came to record and it had had 106 five-star reviews and three four-star reviews, nothing less than a four-star review. Now, this was the app that Ian mentioned to us in a mail a few weeks ago, and he was spot on. This app is awesome, and it seems everybody else thinks the same. So, we have a live session showing off what that can do too, and uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to that. That's sometime around the end of the month, isn't it?
0: I think it is, yeah.
1: I can't remember the date, but um, Mike will work magic on the show notes, and and the the date will be in there. And having said that, the release of the year, I've not actually had eyes on Busy Contacts yet, but Busy Contacts is still on the way. Supposedly a beta coming in October.
0: And what has it got?
1: It's got an info panel. I'm so excited. Actually, I'm really looking forward to this. I'd kind of relegated my contacts to like, well, they're just there and don't worry about them. But the concept of being able to group them and, and tag them and things has got me all excited. Back to my GTD OCD, aren't we? Yeah. Got to be done. Got to be done. And I've got another another little thing that I saw as well, and I'm filing this piece under what the actual
0: Apple toys for your dog.
1: I know the whistle activity monitor attaches to any existing dog collar. It syncs over Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and allows dog owners to track a number of health and fitness related metrics for their pet through a companion iOS app. The app also lets users set goals, set reminders for activities and medication and share updates with family members or others added as owners in the app. It sounds like a joke. It sounds like the 1st of April. We did not need to set reminders (laughs) for Mayer to move. No. He did not need anything to get him to shift. Leg irons at times would have been more useful to stop him wandering around. What on earth? And this thing's available in Apple stores.
0: Yeah, what the actual, definitely.
1: afraid so. I find that as useless as that in-car projector thing. What? Um, It was, oh, what was it called? Oh, it had a silly name. Navdi, Navdi. Um, It projected information onto a windscreen using a device stuck to the dashboard. So it gave you access to your phone, really, access to text messages, the phone, music, that kind of stuff, projected onto your windscreen.
0: Sounds cool.
1: No, 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 no. Most people I see on the road can barely manage to cope with traffic lights. Can you imagine a heads up display of their entire social networking world projected onto the screen? When you're driving, you're driving. That's it. It's one of the most dangerous things most people do. Not only in terms of your own actions and concentration, but watching what the other idiots are doing. My acid test with this is, would you be comfortable with your heart surgeon doing it during your life-saving operation? And if not, don't do it yourself. Simple.
0: So you're not going to be tempted with car play then?
1: Oh, didn't that die a quiet death? It was scheduled for quarter four, pushed into 2015, was the official line. Pushed into 2015. One step away from sunsetted, I think.
0: Mm, True. Anyway... We've saved the best for last, haven't we?
1: Oh, what can I say? Graham, you have completely surpassed yourself this time. Hi, Elaine and Mike. I can hear the wails of despair now. All those hours spent on training, all that work gone into planning those webinars, and they come up with this, and it didn't even involve a spreadsheet or a graphics app. Firstly, though, I apologise to, to the developer of Nano Studio for reducing his excellent drum pad and keyboard sequencer to a mere child's toy through the importing of one teeny sample. It's partly his fault, though. If he charged an amount appropriate to his software's capabilities instead of a piddling £10.50, I probably wouldn't have bought it in the first place. It does demonstrate, however, the damage a few bots can do to both software and to the software developer's reputation. I must also apologise to Mike. The whole thing is him. Laurie Anderson was nowhere in sight. So do we call it the Bot Bot song or do we simply delete it and pretend it never existed? I won't be offended if it's the latter. In fact, I'd probably be quite relieved. Mercifully, it's very short. Something to do with me being somewhat talentless and a bit lazy and not wanting to push my luck too far. Finally, thank you for all the podcasts and webinars. I hope I'll still be allowed to attend. Graham. P.S. As far as I'm aware, I made up the tune all by myself. But if there's a copyright holder out there somewhere, I wouldn't worry. He'll be long dead by now. Someone will have shot him. fact, I can't get it out of my head.
0: Well, there's the music for the end of the Apple event sorted.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. In fact, if Apple won't play it at the end, I think we should have the MacBytes Live. It could be our official theme
0: tune. Excellent idea. Excellent. Now, last week, after a week of lockdown, we opened the doors to the revamped MacBytes and MacBytes Learning websites. Both sites have a new, cleaner look to them. They're totally responsive, so look great whether you're looking at them on a Mac or a mobile device. They also look awesome on IE9 on Windows Vista. Handy. Yes. We've also added more content. We've got much more to come. The Mac Love Bites are on there and all the fab comments and reviews from iTunes too. Fab comments. Are we blowing our own trumpet? I could blow my vuvuzela instead. Please don't. Seriously, thanks to everyone who dropped by and commented via Facebook or Twitter. In fact, one eagle-eyed MacBiter caught us in between sites. Darren Gilmore commented on Facebook. He said, hi, I'm a massive fan of the podcast and I wanted to ask why the website is requiring a username and password when you land on the homepage. There isn't any registration option and usually the main page displays a chronological list of the podcast episodes. Obviously, the podcasts are available in iTunes, but I find that quickly visiting the website is much more convenient and I hope there's a new episode soon.
1: And to anyone who may have visited the site last weekend only to find it was down, It proved to be so popular, we took the hosting company somewhat by surprise and sent the servers into
0: Meltdown. And if you've not seen the new sites yet, then pop over and have a look. And that's it for this episode of MacBytes. As always, we'd love to hear from you. So send us your questions, your comments and your queries by email to macbitesuk at gmail.com. Use the contact form on the website or send us an audio file. Leave us a comment on the show notes at mapbites.co.uk And if you're going there, you will see the brand new site. Don't forget to keep sending your love bites in. Get them featured on the site. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Circle us on Google+ sign up for the newsletter at matbytes.co.uk follow us on twitter at twitter.com slash and you can follow me personally at twitter.com slash thomas mike
1: and you can follow me at twitter.com slash elaine giles
0: and you can follow me at twitter.com slash series. And I've just said that whole piece without the MacBites teeth. Anyway. I was just wondering where they'd gone. Yes, they've gone. They've been put away for this episode. But until the next time, this has been Mac and Elaine bringing you MacBytes. Goodbye. Goodbye and see you next time. We need to get them to enable two-factor authentication. Why? We don't want those pictures of you without your case going viral, do we?